This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. And here we are on another episode of the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. We are happy you've joined us today. And if you're new, we say thank you. Last week, we had a very awesome discussion with friends Andrew and Andy on the topic of pirates. My co-host Shanti did an exceptional job taking control of that show. And we thank Andrew from the sciencefictionary.com and Andy at PlusVerb for making the time to chat with us and educate us really on pirates. If you haven't heard that one, please put that on your list. It goes way beyond the usual talk about pirates and dives into the history that many people may not be aware of. But this week, we go somewhere else. A place where reality exists as twisted experiences and jumbled memories. No, not Twitter. A zone in your mind that controls not only the weird, but the wacky. You are about to enter another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land of imagination. Prepare yourself for the Twilight Zone. Welcome to a special edition of the Scarif Podcast. We are truly in the twilight zone because Ro has <laughs> handed over the reins to me. Uh, today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite classic TV shows, which is the Twilight Zone. And we have uh, one of our regular guests, the Frank, my Miami buddy. How you doing, Frank? How's it going, everybody? <laughs> So um, I wanted to uh, first start off by saying I wanted to do an episode on the Twilight Zone before we get into the history because, uh, which I think I've said before, uh, they do a yearly tradition on the Sci-Fi Channel where they will run a whole bunch of episodes uh, during uh, New Year's. And they used to also do it, I think, Fourth of July. So we always had the pleasure of having the marathon run twice a year, but Recently, it's uh, been reduced to just New Year's. And starting in high school, it kind of became a tradition that me, my mom, my dad, and my sister, we would sit, you know, either for Fourth of July or New Year's, and we would just sit and watch a bunch of episodes. And we just absolutely loved it. And as much as we like to poke fun at everything, it was just like one of those few things that we just like couldn't poke fun of so that's kind of it's hard to poke fun of the twilight it is it's 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 so so good good. yeah so good so um as always as it should surprise absolutely no one (laughs) i did absolutely no prep so good luck to ro have fun editing this one my lovely co-host and to be kind of like frank's uh favorite movie I'm the Biff right now. <laughs> You're the George McFly. I know you did a little bit of research on the background. What, Lorraine? What? what? <laughs> so I thought I would go ahead and throw it over to you so maybe you can give us just a little bit of background on the Twilight Zone. Well, to start off, as we are talking about the Twilight Zone, you can't start off a discussion about the Twilight Zone until you say this. There is a fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. 
beyond that which is known to man, it is a mention of vast space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition. It is the lies beneath the pit of man's fear. It's the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the scare scuttlebutt. <laughs> Very good, Frank. Nice. Very nice. All right. I mean, um, yeah, where to start? I mean, Twilight Zone, um, created by Rob Sterling in 1959. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's pretty much the basis of all things that we love that to do with mystery, horror, uh, superstition. It basically unlocked the door, literally, like it unlocked the door to to a world of, you know, imagination, you know, of just stuff that um, kind of started with Albert Hitchcock, you know, he was the master of suspense, you know, he started, you know, with Bird, Psycho, you know, he started and then Rob Serling pretty much said, I'm going to take that and put it into television. The Twilight Zone, it's back, it's new. The astonishment, the power, the fear and the magic. Wow, how about that? A season of all new shows. But don't go away, kids, because there's lots more fun ahead. Once again, you'll find yourself lost in the Twilight Zone. Every Saturday night at 9 on KPTV 12. X-Files, uh, The Outer Limits, um, Tales from the Crypt, Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark? They've all taken pieces from Twilight Zone and just made it their own. But it all started with the Twilight Zone. I mean... Um, I was, you know, looking online to see what was the first ever episode of The Twilight Zone. And it actually came out in 1958 was the pilot episode. Right. It didn't uh, become um, syndication until 1959. And what I loved about The Twilight Zone, it's <clears throat> it takes things of sci-fi, but it kind of it puts um, things like things that happen in the real world. Right. You know, things that we see each and every day, you know, deals with politics, um, racism, um, fear of fear of the unknown fear of um of things that are generally going on like like right now we're living right now during a pandemic it, it's almost as like we're living in an episode of the twilight zone yeah i've been saying that throughout this whole pandemic that it certainly feels like an episode of the twilight zone and i am just waiting for the ghost of Rod Serling to just <laughs> pop up somewhere and say, yep, <laughs> joke's on you guys. It's like, joke's on you. You've been <laughs> in the toilet. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I'm waiting um, for it. But the first episode, uh, which is uh, titled uh, The Time Element, uh, basically deals with um, a man goes to see a psychiatrist and he has a dream that he is constantly, it's the day of Pearl Harbor. It's the day where the Japanese are about to bomb Pearl Harbor and he knows what's going to happen. He tries to warn people this is going to happen. This is, nobody believes him. Right. It's almost kind of like, um, you know, that kind of deals into what I love about, you know, back to the future about time travel. It's like, what if, what if myself, I was able, I had the ability to time travel and say like, I'm going to travel back to 2001, uh, September right. 11th, you know, try to warn people like, you know, these planes mm-hmm. are going to crash and like, am I going to be a hero? No, people are going to look at me like I'm a lunatic. Right. People are not going to believe me. People are going to say like, oh, this guy's a whack job. And then if when it does happen, you know, people aren't going to look at me like he knew. No, they're probably going to say like he it's him. He's the one that, you know, he predicted it all. You know, um, it definitely seems like some of these episodes can almost be like uh, cautionary tales. Cautionary tales. Exactly. 
you know, and a lot of them I have, like, I have a list here of, you know, some of my favorite episodes and it's just. Dive into it. Dive into it. There's just so many. I mean, um, I mean, I guess I I have, I have 10 here. So, okay. So we'll, you know, we'll dive into. um, And we'll see how many of them are the same (laughs) as my list. Well, I know one of them in particular is, is probably your favorite because I think we've discussed it about it before, but we'll get there. So um, one of them is uh, Living Doll. Which you hear living doll, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Child's play. Chucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a doll comes to life. Um, and that's where they got the idea for Chucky. It's like, imagine if a doll, an ordinary toy, uh, something that you know it's not real. Yeah. Something that you know cannot do you any harm. Cannot, um, cannot, you can't interact with, you know, actually have a conversation with. What if that doll was actually alive? And this particular doll, it's it's. I don't know if you've ever seen the episode. It's it's oh, literally it, like this a is little, the one with Telly Savalas. This is yes, one of my favorite it's episodes. A little, talking little Tina, doll, <laughs> a talking Tina doll, a little talking Tina doll. Oh. And during the episode, you know, the doll is talking to the father, saying, "I'm talking Tina, and I mm-hmm. don't like you." And it's like, "I'm talking Tina, and I'm going to kill you." Yep. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that? It's like, oh, I'm getting Chucky rid of this doll. Oh, sure. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, oh, yeah. You know, I want to get rid Instinct. of this doll. Instinct is like, get rid of the doll. Doll keeps coming back. Like the father does. You know, people think that, the, like, once again, it's like the it's the horror element of Twilight Zone, but it's also um, the psyche. You know, his, you know, he's the only one that can hear the doll. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll get into one of the episodes now where one person sees something, but nobody else can see it. And not only uh-huh. that, but this episode in particular, like if you really think about it and you're even looking even deeper into the episode, like, you know, Telly Savalas is a stepdad. This is not even his his daughter. Like, you know, you could almost say, yeah, you could almost say like this is there's more at play here than really just the fact that this, you know, that this doll is talking to Telly Savalas. You know what I mean? Like. There's obviously a lot, you know, some dysfunction in this family. So there is more at the core of this episode than just that. So that's why I love the Twilight Zone, because if you look deeper, it's more than just what you're seeing on screen. Like, Correct. So it's going to be interpreted in so many different ways. And I feel like a lot of the episodes um, in today's um, horrors that we have, you know, we have um, um, Get um get out you know mm-hmm. um yep. we have all those all those movies that you know are supposed to be horror movies but there's underlining mm-hmm. things in the background yep. where people are like you know this isn't just a horror movie it's really speaking to you it's like in this one it's like you think it's a it's a it's a story about a, a doll right that can talk that's alive mm-hmm. and you think that's it but it's like no it, it deals with a lot of things about um um is the person actually listening? It can't like, are they actually hearing this doll or is right, he using right. his mind? Right. Um, things that are happening in the household, you know, stepfather coming into a new family. It dives into a lot of different things, but yeah, yeah. This particular- episode, like I just watched it recently because of course New Year's and he is he literally yells at her at one point, like I'm not your dad or because she's calling him dad. Yeah. Even though he's, and I'm like, man, this episode is heavy. This deep. is so much Very more than My name is Talkie Tina, and I'm beginning to hate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. It's really amazing. It's very deep. And then, I mean, you know, obviously spoilers. I mean, if I'm spoiling a, 
almost 60 year old episode of this quiet zone i'm very sorry things can't be helped but um (laughs) you know the the father uh hears a noise goes to check what it is he falls he trips and then right next to him is the doll so the mother sees what happened obviously horror and then the doll turns to the mom and says like my name is talking tina and you better be good to me yep and then right there it's like oh watch your back yeah better watch your back and amazing just what a great like little plot twist my name is eric strader and i'm going to get rid of you you wouldn't dare huh wouldn't i yeah it's it's one of the things like you know is he actually hearing the doll right is he not hearing the doll um it just it really just plays with your mind because like he's the only one hearing and nobody else can hear it right um so yeah that's 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 one episode um I don't want to be talking all the time, so I know you said no, no, you no. had. Okay, I, so I know you said you had an episode, so why don't you? Why don't I you have talk about one, and it's <clears throat> it's like a love hate thing. I think it's a great episode, but the first time, and I know I've told the story before. The first time I saw it, it literally made me cry, and I think I've maybe only seen the episode three times total because I really do avoid it because it makes me so upset. And it's time enough at last. Um, it's with Burgess Meredith. Um, obviously, I would hope everyone knows, you know, the penguin from the original Batman series. Mickey from Rocky. Mickey from Rocky. And absolutely love Burgess Meredith. And essentially, that episode is basically he is a huge bookworm. He loves to read. It's his biggest passion. Nobody seems to understand why he loves it. Not even his wife. Um you know, even at work, he's trying to read while he's working and his boss, you know, sends him home and his wife just treats him appallingly. And she asks, you know, I guess she finds, finds a book of his and she's like, oh, can you read it to me? And he opens up the pages and she had gone ahead and marked all the pages inside so that he couldn't read it. So finally he goes to work and he enters the bank vault so he can go and read because it's normally what he does so he can get some peace and essentially a big what is it like an atomic bomb an h-bomb lands of course everything gets wiped out he's safe with inside the bank vault which again unfortunately i can't help but mystery science theater stuff magically is able to get out of the bank vault and suffer no consequences from (laughs) literally he would not be able to leave if an atomic bomb had literally just landed, but whatever, I digress. He essentially comes out. Obviously he's distressed. He, you know, he's the only one alive. Finally, he finds, I guess what used to be the library. He sees all these piles of books. He's, you know, finally I can read. I can read. Collected works of Dickens. Collected works of George Bernard Shaw. Poems by Browning. Shelley Keats. Great dramas of the world. Books, books, all the books I'll need, all the books, all the books I'll ever want. Shelley, Shakespeare, Shaw, all the books I want. And then mind you, of course, this whole time, he wears glasses. I Not just any wear glasses. Not glasses. just any glasses, but yes, like big, Coke bottle. Coke bottle, like bifocals. You would think of the unfortunate, stereotypical, nerdy glasses. He is literally blind as a bat. 
He goes to read. He's so happy about it finally. And all of a sudden, the glasses just fall. And shatter. The shatter. They shatter. Really easily, by the way. Again, can't help it. Gotta make jokes. It just shatters. And of course, he's just crying. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> he just says the famous lines. There was time now. There was so time much time. <laughs> and let me tell you something. That gets me so much but again every time i watch that episode even though it's only been like three times as much as yes i wish that you know he could have gotten what he wanted at the end it's also again a cautionary tale of be careful what you wish be careful for. What you wish because <laughs> look what happened and it just it just breaks my heart but that i think is one of the best episodes yeah, that's that not is... my actually not, not my favorite. That's my second favorite. There's another one, but we'll go. Yeah, go we'll get there. Go. We'll get there because I'm pretty yeah. sure your favorite is probably my favorite too. Okay. Um, but yeah, that is yeah that is such an amazing episode where yeah the cautionary tale is like be uh, be careful what you wish for because you wish for all the time in the world to read his books, mm-hmm. but then the one thing that he needs to read his books are his glasses and he loses them. So basically, he's he's blind to the world and he can't enjoy the one thing that he wants more than ever, which is to read books, which is actually a, a very cautionary tale to kids. It's like, you know, that this, you know, that the whole, like people will come and go, but, big, but books last forever. And, and it's funny, you know, I just had this thought now that we're talking about this episode, when you think of the difference between this one and the one that we were just talking about, the first one is more horror. This one is just more of a cautionary tale. And so sci-fi unfortunately has always kind of had the stigma that it's only for a certain group of people. And I love that the twilight zone seemed to transcend that just of course, kind of like star Wars, like uh, everyone was watching the twilight zone when it was on, it was universally loved even though it was sci-fi and because there are so many different types of stories being told, there is literally something for everybody, you know, like, I can tell you right now, some of the episodes I don't like are the ones that all take place like in some kind of war. So I typically skip those. Yeah. But that's the good thing. You know, this show lasted what five seasons or something like that. And there's plenty of, episodes. Well, it, to I mean, from. technically, technically it's touch still, upon it's, everything. Huh? Yeah. It's technically still going on right now. I mean, obviously the original, um, you know, created by Rod Sterling, you know, uh, that only lasted five seasons, but now, you know, you, you have uh, twilight zone episodes that, um, in the eighties in the nineties right. and now in the two thousands, you have, yeah, you know, it's, it's just the movie, you know, and it's just, it's something that, um, you know, started the whole, um, sci-fi to me, it started really the whole sci-fi craze because it not only, it didn't really deal into, um, so much of horror. Cause yeah, you know, and right. when you really dive into these episodes of the twilight zone, it's a lot of horror. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's something that 
for the time, this is, you know, you're talking about like 1950s going into the 60s, you know, horror was not really represented so much in television right. as it was obviously in movies. So this is, you know, one of the first ever real suspense horror, you know, genres that actually infiltrated television. And you can almost say it's yeah, you can almost say it's almost kind of a callback too to like War of the Worlds, like the radio serial, you know. Exactly. I mean? And and they actually they actually played some of these episodes of the Twilight Zone on the radio. Right. Where, you know, people who could not, you know, afford to watch it on TV, they would play it on the radio, which to me, honestly, it's even more terrifying on the radio. I feel like of watching because 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 you let you really do let your imagination, imagination run wild mm -hmm. because when you're watching it on the television you see it in front of you like you know it's there but you know on certain episodes here um, that that I watched I'm like man if I were to listen to this on the radio like if I'm completely alone in the dark and I'm watching and I'm listening to one of these my imagination would just go crazy with like the anticipation of, like what's going on it's yeah. almost very um because you said like it's very Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. You know, um, and they almost with, feel like urban legends too, to a certain yeah. degree. It's kind of like, you know, one of my favorite Edgar Allan Poe um, is um, the um, Tell Tale Heart. Yeah. I, I yes. always get it wrong. So I, I know. Very, I know. Very, it's <laughs> such a tongue twister. You know, the anticipation, you know, like, yeah. oh, didn't, like, you know, the beating heart underneath the floorboards, mm -hmm. like, you know, that's it, just like, you know, like, how would you react to being in that, like, yeah. you are that person reacting to that to that beating it's heart like suspenseful it's yeah and and that's what i feel like the twilight zone did which is is just bringing that suspense like marrying suspense horror and then um um stuff that's going on in the real world and just right. blending it together to create essentially what it is yeah because of course there are a lot of episodes dealing with aliens and ufos and that was always a big thing especially it's very fitting for that decade you know people were still very very curious and we still yeah. are very curious about but it UFOs, deals it deals so. a lot with you know with that but also deals with um racism it deals with um self-worth like um there's one of the ones that um one of the episodes that i have here literally deals with the like the way that you feel about yourself right. like appearance wise and it's, you know, and then, you know, what is true beauty? Like, like, right. you know, um, yeah, yeah, that's one of the ones that I have here. So there's another one here um, that um, it's uh, titled The Mask, mm -hmm. which it's basically, they actually did, I think, an episode of this uh, in the Twilight Zone. No, actually, you know what? It's actually in um, the movie Creep Show, which okay. drew a lot from Twilight Zone yeah. as well. Um, it's basically... Um, the father of the family, he's dying. He he has amassed a bunch of wealth, and everybody is showing up because they want a piece of the wealth, right. you know. But everybody has their own little little greed, you know. One person is money hungry. One one of the which is kind of crazy. You think about this nineteen uh, fifties. They would never show this on TV nowadays. Which is one of the one of the children of the person like used to torture animals. So that right, you know, it's, it's things like that. And then the father, you know, he has one witch is like, you know, I will give you all my my money. I'll give you everything that you ask for. You have to wear these masks. Right. And the masks are representation of how they really are. You know how they always say like people wear a mask. Yes. You know, uh, that they could be polite and, oh, that person yeah. was such a good person. I would, he would never do that. And the mask comes off and you, you see the true self of a person. Right, right. Like, you know, um, so the people put on the mask and there's these hideous masks. People that they look, you know, just 
not themselves. And then the people are freaking out saying like, oh, um, like, what is this supposed to mean? You know, this isn't me. And then the minute that they take off the mask, they like, there it is. It's like basically what the mask represented of you is now your face. So you cannot hide behind your mask. You see, talking about this now in the Twilight Zone, it really does uh, make me regret now, like, not ever having watched, which I'm, of course, rectifying, but never having watched the original uh, Star Trek series, which, as you know, I'm on that journey right now. Which I see, yeah, you're on that journey now. (laughs) And it, it really is amazing to me how these are two shows that are categorized as sci fi, but I find them to be the best at I find them to do the I feel like both of these shows do the best job at telling these kinds of stories and in terms of as we said telling these kind of cautionary tales and they're so engaging and it really is amazing that more people aren't into sci-fi because I find them to be very really and again like you said that this show explored all you know all sorts of different types of things racism acceptance Star Trek does the exact same yeah. thing so it, it's it's funny that people don't like sci-fi more because it is so much about acceptance it is it, it not like people when they think sci-fi they think oh stuff that's not real mm-hmm. things that you know can never happen but what Shows like the Twilight Zone, Star Trek, and just any any of these sci-fi allegories. shows that we've seen, yeah, they they kind of hint at the truth underneath. Right. Exactly, it's like you see it, you see uh, what's you know the old expression: "Never judge a book by its cover." Exactly, it's like you see a, you see sci-fi in it, but then when you read it, mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't read like a sci-fi book. It reads like right. something that's real, mm-hmm. and that's what I that's what I loved about Twilight Zone. It's that is that it just mixes in the 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 superstition, you know, right. the sci-fi, the fantasy, the horror, but in really in the story of it, it has to deal with real life events. Right. There's something there to relate to. There's something there to relate to. Exactly. Um, okay. So going on, do you have another one? I mean, I know that. Oh, okay. So this is actually my favorite one. I, I think, think I know which one it is. I think it has the best plot twist in my personal opinion, of all, because I haven't seen, I can't say I've seen every single episode, but I've seen plenty of Twilight Zone episodes. And I actually have a funny story because I always have a funny story about it. But <laughs> To Serve Man. Ah, uh, yes. To Serve Man, I think, is the quintessential Twilight Zone episode. This is the way nightmares begin, or perhaps end. Very simple, direct, unadorned. Incredible, and yet so terribly real that even while they're happening, we live with them and digest them and assimilate them. We were preoccupied with the hands on a clock when we should have been checking off a calendar. And basically, you have these massive, like, like seven eight foot tall aliens that come to earth and they can basically speak english but they're doing it telepathically so you mean obviously they can read your mind they can read your mind their lips never move but you can hear what their thoughts are they're able to project that out so okay fine and they are basically they're 
given this book that says to serve man on it, of course, the inside is in their own, you know, native language, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to decipher it, but they're telling everybody, like, we're offering you essentially transportation to our planet. And while basically the government or whatever, they're trying to decode what the book is to serve man, we're here this entire time thinking, oh, it's a book about how these aliens want to serve us. Mm -hmm. And we are not taking literally, and it is one of the best scenes i have ever seen in a show one of the best twists where the female character basically is running onto the tarmac as her (laughs) her friend is getting aboard the ship and she's yelling out to him it's a cookbook it's a cookbook cookbook. to serve man is a cookbook and it's just literally a, a way for them to serve humans to their race and the funny story that i was going to tell is which is just goes to show you what old souls we are. There is and shows you the power that some of these shows can have mm-hmm. and how they can be embedded into other, into pop culture. Yeah. Madagascar. <laughs> the first movie of Madagascar, they made a reference to this episode where the lemurs find, uh, they're, they're talking about the animals that have just landed on the island. My sister and I went to go see this theater. we went to go see this in the theater we were the only ones there without kids it was just us two we wanted to watch it so it's a bunch of parents and their little kids and that scene came up and of course we were like the only ones who understood the reference when the lemurs were yelling it's a cookbook it's a cookbook and we were laughing so hard but to have that reference in a children's animated movie that just goes to show you Mm-hmm. That just goes to show you the power that this show has. Well, not only that, but they also referenced it. Uh, like I said, they referenced a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes on The Simpsons, and one of them was to serve man, where they had you know the the tentacle, and then they have him on the ship because they're feeding him, feeding him, feeding him, and then Lisa gets a book says, "Look, to serve man," and then the alien goes, "No, no, no, you're you're mistaken." And then he he wipes off the dust, and then it says like to serve man, like this, like you know something else, like something like it's not that they're actually going to eat people, it's like they're actually you know. But the reference, it's hilarious, and then, and mind you, yes, The Simpsons is not generally a kids show. It hasn't right. been a kids show in probably years, right? But um, yeah, it's generally a cartoon referencing the Twilight Zone. Right. And Family Guy, too. I mean, I was just recently uh, rewatching some older episodes of Family Guy. And to reference one of the ones that I just spoke about, there was an episode where they basically made fun of how many brain cells Peter has left in his brain. And they kind of zoom into his mind and he's got the one brain cell left and he's wearing the glasses and he's like, there's time now. And he's reading and the glasses break. And it's like, this is everywhere. I mean, to the point where there is a whole ride. Mind you, it's a made up story, but it's, there's a whole ride dedicated to the twilight zone in Disney at Hollywood studios, formerly known as MGM. (laughs) Yeah. You can say it. You can say it. It's MGM. I, say MGM. I, can't I always say MGM. I never I say Hollywood I'll Studios. I'll never get over that. I never get over. But um, but, but yeah, they yeah just like, goes to show they knew that something like that would be popular, and it is. It's one of the most popular rides in that theme park. Every time I go to to MGM, <laughs> I go straight to to um, Tower of Terror. I love it. Yeah. It's just you know you're. It's like you're basically being um, uh, transported to an episode of The Twilight Zone. Right. 
you know, and it's crazy how they just um, obviously uh, Rob Sterling, you know, passed away some obviously many years after right. um, before the, the right. Yeah, before it came going. out. So, you know, he and he died they very spliced, young. like dialogue together. Because Correct. And, and I was just yeah. shocked. Like I was shocked at how young job. he was. When mm-hmm. he passed away, he, he was passed only 51 away. years old, yeah. which is pretty crazy, you know, like in, you know, in this time of, you know, this day and age, you know, 51 is not that old. Mm-mm. Um, So to see that he passed away so young, but yeah, they took his, his likeness, they took his voice and, you know, they pretty much created yeah. an entirely brand new episode of The Twilight Zone, which is funny enough, it became a ride and then it became actually a um, made for TV movie. On the Disney Channel. Yes, I remember that. I did. And it actually that. it started. Um, I think it was Steve Gutenberg. Yes. Uh, I think Kristen Dunst was in it too. Oh my gosh. And and it was like I actually loved them. I actually really I re- loved them. Man, movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. But yes, I remember such a, that. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. And it's funny on the Disney Channel, which is funny. Disney Twilight Zone. I, you would have never put those two together. But it just goes to show you the power of this show. It exactly it just shows you the it's it's basically it's it's in the pop culture like yeah. it, it's just in there yeah, it's like any, anything else you can find references of the twilight zone in almost any mm-hmm. thing you know if you really dig deep you can you can find it i mean but we no, going back to even go, use it we even use it as a turn of phrase you know when something strange is happening we're like oh my god we must be in the twilight zone <laughs> Right, time for the big thank yous, podcast family, to those of you that support the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thank you, wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show. We're super lucky to have you. Hello there. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, what up, Joey? The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt. Super fan of many of the Red 5 pods, Nicholas Schaefer. Follow him at Backyard Tardis. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad, at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida. Our other Floridian, Frank, at the Garrison level. Big thanks. And certainly not least, our executor level patrons, 97 Bravo and the Convergence Podcast. And Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused podcast. Big thanks, you Red Fivers. Go give them a follow. Huge respects to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. And remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. Don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. How this show resonated with people, something that premiered back in 1959 and is still of interest today. Is that's what always fascinates me about TV and movies. No, and and you know we always we always go back to um, Star Wars, obviously, because you know we're doing this Scarif podcast, but you know. Um, it was just like such a simpler time, you know, they didn't have CGI. They didn't have, you know, um, amazing graphics or anything. It was just, it it was storytelling. There's something, there's something very romantic about the black and white Mm -hmm. that I really love. And 
again, I, I, I think when things are in black and white, there's more focus actually on the story because you're not actually distracted by, you know, the colors of the costumes that the actors are wearing and things in the background. So you really do focus a lot more. I, I notice I focus a lot more on yeah. things that I watch that are in black and white. Yeah. When you're watching, you're not focused on, Oh, um, wow, look at the, the graphics are so good or right, the locations right. are so good. You're focused on the story and you're focused on the people in the story. Mm -hmm. exactly. And that's all you're focused on. And, and speaking I, of people, the Twilight Zone had some really amazing guest stars. I mean, oh, yeah. we already I mean, said I, Telly Savalas, Burgess Meredith, Roddy McDowell, which Roddy McDowell has one of my favorite episodes also. Of course, the William Shatner. The William knows. Shatner. Uh, Charles Bronson. They had mm -hmm. so many amazing, you know, stars of their day on the show. And it just, you know, and then now you have um, the, um, the new Twilight Zone that's on CBS, which I'm, you know, I haven't really it actually got caught canceled. It. it got canceled. Wow. It I got no canceled idea. already. Wow. Yeah. And not because of ratings or anything. I think I had read that he decided to just stop the show for whatever reason. I don't know why, but yeah, yeah, they ended up canceling but, it. You know, that one had, you know, stars of, of today, you know, of mm -hmm. TV shows and movies, but yeah, just going back to, um, that Twilight Zone is just, it's just ingrained in us. It's like, yeah. it, it's, it was the beginning of the sci-fi horror fantasy. It's like it, you know, if, um, if, um, Alfred Hitchcock was the, the godfather yeah. of horror. Yeah. Then you can say that you know Rob Sterling was um, one of the one of the patriarchs of right. sci-fi horror, sci and that's another thing. The similarities almost to kind of with the two shows. I mean, you always knew he was going to pop up, but that it, it was kind of the same thing. You always knew Alfred Hitchcock was going to pop up somewhere yeah. in his movies, and the same thing. The Twilight Zone. I, it's always fun when you see Rod Sterling pop up and kind of make his little speech before you get into the episode well i mean both of them had very i mean if you look at this mm -hmm. uh the shows you know the alfred hitchcock show and the twilight zone they yep. both had very similarities you know the the theme songs in the beginning yes. you know you had you had um um the alfred hitchcock show you know it had the simple like you know and then and then obviously alfred hitchcock would just walk walk right in right and then with the twilight zone you know very iconic you know it's like doo -doo 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 -doo. and then you know rob sterling's voice in the background and then him introducing himself introducing the story you know very you know both and that's what you know like like many other shows you know you had um uh, tales from the crib keeper mm -hmm. start off the same way the theme song theme song introduced yep. the crib keeper and then he introduces you welcomes you and he's going to tell you about the story Funny like, how all these shows follow the same format. They all follow the works. same format. Yeah, even um, uh, the Goosebumps show, the one yes. you know that oh. the kids show, yeah. same concept had the had the the creepy theme song, and then right before the show started, um, R.L. Stein, mm -hmm. the creator of it, would come in, introduce himself, introduce the story. It's now, like, I'm so glad you brought up Goosebumps because I. Man, I totally forgot kind of about Goosebumps in a, a little bit. And I was heavy into reading those when I was in middle school. And oh, now I when I think about it, when you really think, now that I think about it, I'm like, man, because again, I didn't start watching Twilight Zone until high school. 
So I watched, I read Goosebumps before I started watching Twilight Zone. And now, of course, I'm kind of making that correlation of, wow, Goosebumps is essentially Twilight, Twilight Zone, Zone for, kids. for children. Yep. <laughs> because, And that is most likely why I love Twilight Zone as much as I do, because I was introduced to horror kind of early on. So Twilight Zone definitely, you know, piqued my yeah, interest. Yeah, so was I. I was, I was, I mean, I can't. And even to this day, some of these episodes really creep me out. I mean, there is an episode where the kid loses his grandmother, but he's able to speak to her from the grave through his toy phone. And they end up finding out that the wire leads to her grave. Some, And you can hear her talking to him. And it's just so creepy. Oh, yeah. and any Twilight Zone episode that involves a... Uh, that involves a... Uh, what are they called? A ventriloquist dummy? Oh. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. You will be You're in for a I can't watch those. Those creep me out. Well, no, going back to like Goosebumps, yeah, I, like I remember I had a bunch of Goosebump books. Mm -hmm. uh, they were like the hot item in the library. Every time you go to the library, everybody goes straight for the Goosebump yep. books. Right you know, the the, the Night of the Living Dummies, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. The the Haunted Mask, you know, things yes. like that. You know, the titles are you know were very creative. And then um, you know another another uh, one that when I think about it, I think of Twilight Zone is Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, which essentially yes. is. Uh, camp stories but yes. told in kind of like the similarities to to the twilight zone where you know had the creepy creepy mm -hmm. theme song in the beginning the kids all gathered around and then the person who's presenting the story gives you a little bit of a backstory right into the story yeah so again just influence everywhere yeah, like always yeah super influence to everything it's 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 amazing and then you know people People think, you know, nowadays, like you said, like it's in, it's in, you know, the way that we speak where it's like, oh, we're in the twilight zone. Mm -hmm. But then you, you almost kind of wonder, cause I, <laughs> I always tell my wife this, it's like, I, I see my son, my son's mm -hmm. two years old. Right. And, and I think to myself, I'm like, man, will he be able to appreciate the twilight zone when he gets older? Or like, will it be one of those things that are just lost in time? It's like nowadays, you know, kids, kids, um, that were born in the two thousands going into, or, or or even let's just say 20, 2010s, right, right. Um, will they be able to really appreciate uh, things that have happened in the past? You know, we're kind of seeing it now with Star Wars. You know, we're, you know, we always go back to Star Wars because, you no, know. of course. Well. Um, you know, kids were introduced to Star Wars with the prequels, mm -hmm. you know, where people like us, we were introduced to it with the, with the original. Right. And then some of those kids say like, oh, I love the prequels. Those are my movies. You know, the originals were uh, because... And then we're the ones that are, you know, stomping our grounds in like, no, it's the originals, the mm -hmm. prequels. Don't even talk to me about the sequels. I know. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things, you know, and, you know, I'm for sure when my son grows up, I'm going to introduce him to to the Twilight Zone. I'm going like, mean... to introduce him to everything, you know, but, you know, it's one of those things that like I almost kind of think like, you know, will things of the past, you know, be forgotten by the future generations? I, I mean, so much of that lies on it does it lies on the parents i mean when i think about it and all the tv 
that I've watched and all the shows that I know, I would not know I Love Lucy if it wasn't for my grandparents and my parents exposing me to those shows and allowing us to watch Nick at Night, you know, till midnight. So I, and I use my nieces always as, as this example, you know, it sounds wrong, but you got to get them when they're young. And, yeah. uh, you know, when they're a, a sponge and they're absorbing everything, I mean, as a huge, huge Disney fan, I don't want these kids starting off with Pixar movies. I made sure that my nieces watched the regular 2D animation, <laughs> you know, so kind of the same thing. I think if, if we're going to keep this stuff alive, you know, you have to be willing to, you know, expose your kids to that kind of stuff. Put in the work, parents, put in the work. Yeah, please. Because <laughs> even, even me, I mean, again, I said it, I didn't get into Twilight Zone until high school. I mean, that's kind of a late age to be getting into a show of, you know, that age. Yeah, and, almost 50 years. And the only reason why I even remotely gave it a chance and enjoyed watching it is because I had already grown up with so much classic television that for me, it was no big deal. It was no skin off my nose. I mean, I was watching the original, <laughs> I was watching the Monkees TV show in high school it would run on TV. So, and I'm Great glad show. for it. Yeah. Because it also was something, it was something that, you know, allowed me to connect with my family because my yeah. parents watched the twilight zone, you know, when it was actually on CBS and they loved it and they love, and even now my dad said that there were certain episodes that he was watching just this, you know, this month that he's never seen before. And he's so happy because, <laughs> He's like, oh, great. Now I get to watch this with fresh eyes. And and it's always amazing to me. We're in 2022. And it's hilarious that as simple as this show is to us now, it is still so effective. My parents still get creeped out by certain episodes. I just said I get creeped out by certain episodes. No. Well, speaking of creepy episodes, I was gonna say, do you got any <laughs> other ones you want to? Oh, throw I, have, in there? I, have, I have more. Uh, there's this one uh, we kind of touched base on it a little bit uh, about how they deal with not only stuff that are going on in the real world, but also stuff that people um, in their own personal journeys are going through, which is um, appearance. You know, we yes. live in an age right now where appearances, you know, are everywhere where people want to become. Um, I can't believe I'm gonna say this phrase but insta famous yeah <laughs> it's very cringe did that make you feel old to, make you feel gross yeah it did. it did it just put some more gray hairs in my beard but <laughs> um but yeah it's like people people really do focus a lot on on appearances you know mm -hmm. and um what is you know the, um what is the norm you know what's normal it's right. like i want to look normal i want to look um, and then one of the, one of the episodes, uh, by entitled, the way, we hate that word here at Scara normal. So go oh, I, I, I told my wife when she married me, I go, I'm not, normal. I'm not normal. I told her straight I'm like, are. I am, I am the opposite of normal. It's okay, Frank. It's overrated. It's, it is. It is. I'm, I'm going to make a shirt that says like normal is overrated. It's overrated. Yeah, it is. So we'll sell it on T public. There you go. Hashtag T public. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, no, the title of the episode is Eye of the Beholder. Yeah. 
And, and you know, when you think of that, you know, you think of, you know, uh, you know, just physical appearance, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, you know, what's the expression beauty in the eye of the beholder. Correct. So the episode starts with a woman, uh, she had just had surgery on her face because she wanted to look beautiful. She wanted to look um, normal, you know, because she, in her eyes, she did not look beautiful. She did not look normal. And I know that's something in this day and age that people are going through constantly where people will go to have plastic surgery because they want to fix something that to them is not normal. It's right. like, oh, I need to fix um, my nose. I need to fix hey, my cheeks, my I'm lips, guilty everything. Guilty of thinking that before, so it's true. You know, we all are. We oh, look yeah. at one point. Of, That's uh, normal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. At one point in everybody's life, there is something about yourself you do not like. Right. You know. Um. You know. Hopefully, you know, with time and you know, with age and things like that, you know, you ex- uh, accept that you know that you know to love yourself. Right. You know, how could you expect people to love you if you don't love yourself? Correct. Which is really what it comes down to. And in this episode, the lady, she had had, I think, already uh, like 10 or 11 surgeries. And the daughter says that they cannot do any more surgeries. Like, 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 this is it. Mm -hmm. it. And in the whole episode, the lady is pretty much bandaged up in bed. And the doctors are talking and she can't see them. She can only hear them. So like right. the the way, the, yeah, the way that, that they shot the episode was amazing where you don't see the faces of the doctors. All you do is see is their silhouettes and they're talking and they're saying like, oh, hopefully we know we did good, you know, that she'll be able to look normal. That she'll be this able episode to look is so normal. good. <laughs> it's, no, it's just nerve wracking because you're, you're kind of wondering like, what does what she look like? What was wrong with her? Like, and- what was wrong with her? What was wrong with her? And then. The climactic ending of the show where they finally take off the bandages and you notice she's perfectly normal. Nothing is wrong with her. Needle, please. By our perception. By our perception. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Beautiful. But then the twist is the doctors are looking at her and they look shocked. Like you see some of them because you still can't see their faces. You're just like, they're, they're like gasping. They're like, oh my gosh, like, what have we done? What have we done? And then the woman, she cannot see her face. So she has no idea what she looks like. And then finally, the twist of the episode is, is that everybody else is different than her. Yep. They all have, um, pig faces. The pig faces. Yes. And then that's the normal. The By big the faces way, are the normal. For that time, it is so, it is one of the best makeup jobs I have ever seen. That pig makeup is so awesome. But again, yeah, I mean, talk about just a great plot twist. It was it's just something that you would never think of that while we're viewing these pigs as ugly. Mm-hmm. this is their standard and to have it see it flipped the other way around my god that's really something to like think about yeah so then they pretty much say like oh we need to take her to her people we have a lovely village and wonderful people i think you're gonna like it where i'm gonna take you you'll be with your own kind why do we have to look like this i don't know miss tyler i really don't know but you know something it doesn't matter it's an old saying, a very, very old saying. Beauty 
is in the eye of the beholder. When we leave here, when we go to the village, try to think of that, Miss Tyler. Say it over and over to yourself. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right. So then, right. like right there, they're they're showing you division within mm-hmm. within different, uh, just by appearances, which yeah. which nowadays it's it's massive because things are like things like that are going on now in the world. Yeah, it's almost a commentary are, on even identity too. You know, everyone exactly. And it's then like, labeling you know, and. Mm-hmm. It's like people like um, you don't look the, you don't look like us. Right. You don't. So therefore, you are not normal. Right. So you need to be with your people. How is that not something that, you know, we can't all relate to on some level, especially us as, as nerds that we've always have been labeled as something. Exactly. Other yeah, than. We've been la- exactly. Like if I were to, if I were to walk, um, let's just say a couple of years ago, I walk into a store wearing this shirt that says the Twilight Zone. People are, are going to instantly look at me like, well, look at that nerd. Mm-hmm. And they like, look at that nerd. Go, go hang out with your nerds. But you know. Nowadays, it's amazing how times have changed. Exactly. Like now, people now we would have been the coolest kids in school. <laughs> now we're, exactly. We're the cool yeah. ones now. We're the cool we're ones on now. Top. Finally, it's truly Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> top of the world, ma. Top of the world. But Sorry. no, I like the commentary on this episode. It's you know just say it just speaks volumes of not only of how ahead of its time the show was, but just how relevant things like that are today yes. like something that was written 60 plus years ago mm-hmm. is relevant now of how you know love yourself for how you look don't yes. let other people judge you by the way you look yes and it's just like you know don't you know you don't have to conform mm-hmm. to to other people you know you just have to be like i'm happy in my own skin i'm happy right. with me i love me and that's it that's all you really have to do yeah, there is a, there is an episode which is scarily somewhat what, like what we're going through right now, and it's called uh, I think the monsters over on Maple Street. That's my that's on my list. Oh, that episode is fantastic. Yeah, well, it deals with that one. I mean, yeah, we well, the can, paranoia, the paranoia, quickly well, the the lie spreads yeah. and. The consequences oh, of, of everything. Oh, it's, a it's in the day and age that we're living in right now. I it's think, in the- oh, let me tell you something. Out of the ones that Go we've ahead. discussed so far, everybody, if you're going to watch any two, definitely to serve man and this one, Monsters on Maple Street. Oh. Yeah. But Go this ahead. episode, yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, we're going through this right now. Mm-hmm. The paranoia with mm-hmm. with COVID. Yeah. You know, it's like who had like you cannot sneeze or mm-hmm. cough anymore in the and outside. Because if you do, people give you the look. Oh, I have death. a panic attack every time I feel a sneeze coming on. I'm like, oh, they're gonna grab their pitchforks and torches. Yeah, people people will look at you like like Yeah. Like get <sighs> out of here. Like move. it's really eerie how it's very it's- eerie. And it's exactly what this episode I is. Know. This is a perfectly normal you hear that, Simpsons? The Twilight Zone predates you in predicting stuff. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like this yeah, they need to change that. Like, oh, Simpsons, Simpsons there... didn't, like, like they need to scratch that and go, yeah. Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone to Simpsons. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 
Jeez. Hold my beer. But but yeah, like this episode, a normal day on a normal street yeah. turns into Completely. terror, turned into complete yeah. mayhem. Mm-hmm. When just the simplest thing, the simplest thing was the power and the water gets shut off. Like there's yes. nobody, nobody has power or water. So everybody starts in a panic saying, what are they doing? And then somebody mentions like, oh, they told us, like the people up there told us. And then it's like, what people? It's like, oh, the the aliens or whatever told us. And then everybody's like, oh, that's just, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's not real. It's not real. And then they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then little by little, they start freaking out, which right. when I saw this episode, it reminded me a lot of the um, Stephen King movie, The Mist. Okay. Where like, you know, people are holed up together in the, um, they have no idea what's out there. Yes. yes. And then, you know, people start, you know, it's paranoia. They have right. like, you know, who's responsible? Who's responsible? That person's responsible. Get him. You know, this bird, you know, like, oh, we need to sacrifice this person, you know, to appease God or whatever. It really and then, gets down into deep, like the human psyche and, and just psychology and what, well, it, it gets into know, the what human... this situation can do to a person. Yeah, it gets into the human the human flaw where, you know, uh, people are just, you know, when the normal, when the normal mm-hmm. is not um, going the way that they want it, right? we freak out. Right. It's like you're, if you're used to every day waking up, having a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. uh, breakfast, going to work, uh, but then something happens. Something oh. disrupts that. Right. Deviates. Oh, it's true. We lose All our hell mind. breaks loose. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, so here the, everybody's freaking out and then somebody's house automatically, the power comes back on. Yeah. So then they start going crazy saying like, what did you do? Right. Like, why, do you, why do you have your why power you on? It must it? be you. The suspicion. And, it's, oh, it's yeah, really suspicion te- it's a tense episode. Very tense. It's, I actually, one of my teachers, I forgot, I'm pretty sure it was in middle school. They actually showed us this episode. Oh, wow. Because we were, uh, I think it was in our English class. They actually showed us this episode and said, I want you to, because um, we, once again, we, we, they were talking about division and mm-hmm. how uh, pointing the finger and, you know, ostracizing right, right, people right. from, you know, and false then they accusations, showed us false accusations, like you know, and how people become just paranoid and have and have no real rationale to, to what's going on. Right. So, um, yeah, so then little by little, they start, um, they kill one of the people. Yeah, I mean, it escalates so quickly to the point of where these people have abandoned all common sense. They've abandoned, I mean, they've let their emotions completely take over. They've abandoned their morals because to go ahead and sit there and just have no issue just completely, you know, shooting somebody like that. You know, yeah, um, and then your paranoia. I mean, it's insane to me. And then the person who shoots the other guy, then mm-hmm. the power in his house right, goes on. Right. So then so people are like, saying, "It must be you." Why are exactly. you? Getting? So then they're like, so then they, like they start, you it know, becomes a witch crashing hunt. It becomes yeah. a witch hunt. Yeah, it it even goes back to like you just said it yourself, uh, Salem witch trial. Yes. Yeah. Where where people were saying she's a witch, burner, right. burner. Yeah. It goes back to that where it's just like it's it's just how um, how do you say it? it's how powerful uh, people's imagination, people's mind are, yes. and but but also how powerful a person's uh, tongue is. 
where mm -hmm. one little false accusation yes. could turn people into a murderous. Uh, exactly. So then when they start destroying this person's house and they start doing everything, then all the power starts flickering and starts going crazy and crazy. And people are just like, they've had enough. So they just start destroying all the houses, destroying crazy. And then they, the, the camera slowly pans away mm -hmm. to show two aliens on top yep. of a hill saying like, you know, they were basically testing people yes. to see how crazy people will get. It was one when, big social experiment. One social experiment. It's like, let's just see how crazy people would get if we just shut off the power in the water. Yep. And then like the aliens, the aliens literally grab their computer. They're walking up in their ship and it's like, oh, don't worry. There are plenty of maple streets yep. in this world. Uh, and it, it just leaves you in suspense right there. Just blows my mind. Even just talking about it. You know what? We are actually approaching the hour mark. So I think this was like the perfect episode to kind of end on. Um, so Frank, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I had been, you know, joking around for a long time that I wanted to kind of do an episode dedicated to the twilight zone. So I'm glad that we were actually able to finally do it. And um, I know you don't have your own show or anything like that, but I believe you will be guesting on my other show that I co-host with Alan at Press Play Studios, and we're actually heading over there after we wrap this up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't have my own show, so anybody hearing, if you have a podcast and you need a special guest, I'm always available. Yeah, the Frank is, he's always <laughs> a, a willing participant. So always thank willing. you so much, Frank. Um, where can we actually find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my uh, tag right now is what is my tag? I'm I don't know. So you're going it. through per multiple personalities like I am too. Yeah. Well, it's actually right now because we are, you know, big fans of Star Wars and the book of Boba Fett is on yeah. Disney Plus. It's actually uh, the book of Boba Frank. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, but yeah, you can find me there. I'm always I'm always around. Um, and then, you know, whenever uh, I have time, you know, I like to jump on here with you guys or jump on with Alan uh, on Press Play. So... So I'll see you there. Thank you so much. We're going to be talking about John Carpenter. And I'm sure Ro is going to do his thing. But I'm going to thank you personally for being a Patreon and for being uh, one of our biggest uh, cheerleaders here at Scarab Podcast. So Frank, thank you so much. I'm really glad that you're able to do this with me. And let's go ahead. Go ahead and sign us off, Frank. And that's a scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. All right, big thanks to Patreon, the book of the Frank Alorian, the Frank402 on Twitter for helping us out on this week's episode. And a big thanks to Shanti for hosting two weeks in a row. Good job, lady friend. Hope you enjoyed the Twilight Zone. If you have a favorite episode of the Twilight Zone, drop it in a comment at Scarif Podcast on Twitter. Got a show idea or want to say hi? 
Call us at 773-234-8659. And if you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend. This is Ro. See you next time. And that's the Scuttlebutt.